listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cut through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello, Retail Razor Show listeners. Welcome to a special season one bonus episode, our two-part Shop Talk 2022 recap episode. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar, a Rethink Retail top retail influencer and lead partner marketing advisor for retail and consumer goods at Microsoft. And I'm your co-host, Casey Golden, CEO of LuxLock, obsessed with the relationship between a brand and the consumer. I've spent my career on the fashion side of the business and moved over to supply chain technology, slaying Frankenstacks. So once again, we have changed things up a bit and interrupted our regularly scheduled episode to bring you our thoughts on what we saw, what we learned, and what surprised us about last week's Shop Talk event in Las Vegas. Everyone is reinvigorated to be working in retail, so let's head to the floor. All right, let's give a listen to part one, which we recorded live about a day and a half into the ship. Hey everybody, welcome to Retail Razor Show live from Shop Talk 2022. This is a special live version on Colin. I'm here with my co-host, Casey Golden. Hello, everyone. And it is a pleasure to be coming to you live from the show. This is a, a new thing for us on the Reed Series, isn't it, Casey? It is. And it's a new thing for the record attendance increase at Shop Talk as well. It's standing room only yeah. at retail's biggest reunion. Yeah, I've heard everybody calling it that, retail's biggest reunion. I think the numbers I've heard of up to 10,000 people, maybe. Yeah. Which, which is pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. I mean, I think we actually got New York together again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I can't go down a hallway every time I take 10 steps down the hallway and suddenly there's somebody looking back at me thinking, Hey, wait, do we know each other? Do yeah. We, know each other? we haven't met in the last two years, but it feels like we know each other. You know, I have to say, <laughs> I'm really glad that we got our LinkedIn pictures that we're just trying to like place. But then when everyone started switching their, their Twitter photos to NFTs, I'm like, I don't remember what you look like. What you, look like. <laughs> you don't look at all like your NFT on Twitter. No, not at all. <laughs> I've been like glancing at badges, but you know, I, this is a first for me. This is my first shop talk. So I guess I'm starting at the top here. Yeah. It's, it's really great. So many brands, so many people, everybody just really pulling. It's going to be a big year this year. Yeah, like everyone's excited. So. There's a huge amount of energy here. It's like everybody has been dying to get back together, see everybody they haven't seen for two years in this industry. And, and it shows. It shows that it, there, I don't think there's been another show yet for retail that's been able to do that. No. I mean, we started off in day one. The vibe was electric. We, we Literally. <laughs> with electric bands and presentations. And we got Flow Rider here, which is exciting. Yeah. I know Fabric's doing a, a big party tonight. Yep, there's that too. There's that too. Lots of, I think every night there's so many things you can't keep track, how many different activities there are. No, I mean, I'm I'm pretty impressed so far. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the sessions so far. This is, I guess, for, I'm going to call it day one. Maybe you should call it day one and a half. It was like a half day yesterday, I guess. Unknowingly, so. it was a half day. Yeah. I, I arrived <laughs> quite early. <laughs> so and I arrived late, so and I missed part of yesterday. That was kind of unfortunate. You missed a lot of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many people did you say there were? A couple breakfasts, a couple lunches. It's like, yeah. oh, my bad. Right, right. Exactly. It exactly. starts at what time? <laughs> yeah. 
so I did, I did manage to hit a couple of the keynote sessions yesterday. So there was some good, good experiences given out by Kath McClay, the CEO at Sam's club on their pandemic experience and how they started changing how they think about customers. Yeah. I mean, that, that was like, it was nice to see the opening with just like three amazing women opening up that stage yeah. for conversation. Yeah. I spent my, my morning over at the Shark Reef. Of course. Okay. Yeah. A lot of great startups. You know, it was just, it's so nice to actually just be around the pitch competition where everybody's a retail tech startup. Yep. It's so exciting. There's so much going on. There's so much innovation happening and um, all of the pitches were really well. Very cool. And then I think just finishing now, by the time we're recording, I think there was a whole series of metaverse related keynotes going on, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe everybody will know what an NFT is <laughs> and what the metaverse might do by the end, by what tomorrow, by the end of the week. Yeah. I yeah. think brands and techies might just have been able to cross the chasm here. Yeah, definitely. The Super Bowl uh, QR code was not lost. <laughs> and it's alive and well here. Yeah. No, no, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So some of the tracks we've got developing tomorrow's retail innovating growth opportunities, global shopping experiences. Love hearing that global shopping experiences and the Shark Reef startup pitch. So, I mean, these are the way that they're kind of running the day based off the theme and yeah. then going down with new speakers. I think it's really great just being able to really dive into these themes because all the brands seem to be aligned on key initiatives. Yeah. You know, everything. everybody seems really focused. It's really focused and just all about the technologies and customer experience. And, and, and everybody's really just ready to go outside of their box and learn. I think that's the biggest thing is so many meetings about tell me about what you do. Yeah. How that's do you right. Do it. Right. It's right. Um, everybody's genuinely interested. There's a lot of focus. Everybody wants to learn more. And everyone's just so excited to see each other. <laughs> It's just, there must it's be like, a budget laying yeah. around. I know that's right. You've that's got right. Money yeah. to spend. It's got money to spend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it's a good. If you're at this show, then you're coming away thinking it's a good time to be in retail tech. <laughs> <laughs> By golly, it took long enough. Katya Walsh from Levi's. They had a great talk yesterday on attracting and developing, retaining top digital talent. Where's Ron when you need him? <laughs> yeah. There's, shout out to Ron. But yeah, there was a lot of people that were coming out at that, just feeling really invigorated and excited. What else? What other cool sessions have you been to so far? You know, we've gotten pulled out of a lot of sessions for <laughs> meetings. Today is really going to be focused on sessions. And tomorrow, the first day, I was just so excited to leave my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing that a lot from everybody. Everyone I run into, it's so good to be away. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to meet as many people as I could. Uh, I made so many new friends on Twitter over the last two years and yeah. from Clubhouse, where these conversations started. Yep. Um, I've got a whole crew of like new BFFs <laughs> and they're all here. Yeah. And it's just Everybody's been really here. That's amazing. just being able to spend time to actually talk to people and, and socialize Yeah, rather yeah. than I got 30 minutes for a zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like real life, you know, and it's like, stand, and it's like standing room only. Like you want to meet with someone around here. There's no space. <laughs> so you got to find like, where, where's the empty space that you can kind of huddle around to meet with whoever you want to meet it with in, yeah. in the next minute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'll meet you in the corner of here and there. We'll just sit on the floor. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I have to say about half the people that I've met with, every conversation starts with, I feel like I don't remember how to do a conference anymore. Like, I'm so lost. 
<laughs> I've had yeah. a dozen people say to me, I forgot how far away everything is in Las Vegas. You think it's right across the street and that's not a five minute walk. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to meet in which room in, in the convention center? Oh, that's just down the hall. Except that the hall is, you know, a thousand feet long. Yeah. Oh, it'll be right there. Uh, later. It's like 10, 15 yeah, minutes. 10 minutes later. It. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. I wish um, they were pumping the oxygen this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what other, what other trends I'm hearing people talk about sustainability again. I'm hearing more and more talk on retail media, which was one of our predictions for the year. I understand there's a, there was an Instacart session. They talked a lot about retail media advertising on their platform. That makes sense. You'd expect that. Yeah, getting much more targeted. A lot of people want to diversify from the Facebook, Instagram yeah. ad models and right. find some new right. channels to, to really reach their customers and build on. A lot is getting lost in those customer acquisition costs and really being able to actually acquire yeah, those right. customers. Right. Everybody's on the same platform. So yeah. people are getting really creative, super creative. I am super impressed too to see there's a lot of Silicon Valley here. Yeah, I was, I noticed. I was yeah. blown away. I'm walking by. I'm like, wait, what? And reason why it just took the whole set. Okay, <laughs> they're they're on almost yeah, every Petrae. panel. There's somebody. <laughs> yeah, almost on every panel from Silicon Valley, which is which is pretty really. Amazing. That means you know everybody knows that this is going to be a, the next 24 months in retail is going to be a big deal. Yep, and we'll no, get to see how all of this kind of shakes out. And yeah, what the customers right, right. think. Right. In what? 2024. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all for 2025 right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's all for 2025. Yeah. And then as usual for a shop talk, right? A lot of big brands on stage besides Sam's Club in the opening. I think there was Macy's and Target today. A lot of big names talking yeah. about what their vision of the future of commerce. I haven't walked the show floor yet. I mean, it just I there's across like the gamut. So I mean, going from Ralph Lauren to Albertsons. Yeah. And everything in between. And if there's one phrase that almost every single session repeats, it has to be meeting our customer where they are. Being able to let them transact any way they want, anywhere they want. I mean, that's, there's like mm -hmm. one theme that's hitting every single session. Everybody's at that talk track. about enablement. Yes. A lot more yeah. about enablement rather than necessarily building the solution. It's all about how you connect with other solutions. Right. Right. So a lot of API builds here are coming up. And just a really big rise in uh, headless. I mean, you can't yeah. really walk through here with, yeah, without the entire all the walls talking about headless commerce. But I think there's going to be a lot of interesting changes here going in with some some replatforming to be able to have that flexibility to connect to all of these new emerging technologies. Yep, absolutely. That is a big big theme and really shaking just, it up. Even yeah, I can looking forward to walking through the show floor and checking out all these different companies that are, are doing just that. If, if I gauge just by what I see, all the photos I see from the show floor being posted on social, it's like every other one is something related to headless commerce. Yeah. I mean, Fabric's doing some a, a killer job right now. Yeah. Um, commerce tools. It's, it's getting really interesting. I mean, I know a lot of brands right now that have a lot of headless commerce projects in the works, which just opens up so much flexibility for being able to deploy new innovation, getting off of some of these uh, proprietary systems. Yeah. And then I'll have to come back to Metaverse again, because there's so many sessions today on that. I have a feeling that as soon as we leave this recording, all we're going to hear people talking about in the hallways is which brand did what in 
in a metaverse experiment so far this year. Yeah, you either see a smile or like some eyes rolling. Right. Yeah, it's like a, one extreme or the other. Right. There's no in between. There's everybody's no either in on, on the one extreme of I gotta try more, I gotta try more, or they're on the other side rolling their eyes, thinking, Why are you even doing that? Yeah. What What do you hope to get from that? Yeah. How are you making money from that? And but this is where we find the utility, right? Is being able well, to have to everybody in a room. Right? It's just like when we did our predictions episode, right? You, if you're not experimenting, you're not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, if you're not experimenting, the learning process is not fun. It's yeah, a lot of complicated yeah. reading. Just learn as you go and experiment. It's much more fun to learn by trying and just, you know, go buy an NFT. Go get some Oculus goggles. Join Discord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sign on to Roblox. <laughs> right. But it is. It's definitely the theme. I just I just hope that it doesn't turn into just this marketing puff. Right. You know, where right. we do things, everybody's talking about it, but then at the end of the day, nobody executes against the plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it all falls apart. And we talked about it, but nobody did anything. Right. So I'm really hoping that this really fuels that conversation into the future and really looking at all the priorities that these companies have. Because I mean, I think it's what we're coming into the beginning of April and a lot of projects have already been tasked out for the entire rest of the year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to get into a company to implement technology or trying to get a new piece of software approved, a lot's already been allocated. Yeah. A lot's already been allocated. So if anything, if there's a big takeaway here, hopefully there's some slush funds that are created just for innovation on the fly because everything's changing so fast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This quarter. But the key is to keep experimenting and, and trying it. The the other thing that I've noticed too, more people talking about that, this wasn't true, not, not even just a few years ago, is the idea of sharing the knowledge and collaborating with others that you might've thought, oh, I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing because it's my competitive advantage to a shift where, well, that's not your competitive advantage, right? The fact that you're thinking about doing these things and experimenting, that's not your advantage. Your advantage is going to come when you actually get it done and how you do it and how well you execute it. Uh, that's going to give you your advantage. But if somebody else learns along the way, it's one of those rising tides lift all boats, right? So if everybody well, in the yeah. industry starts doing it correctly in a meaningful way, then more and more consumers get interested in this and then everybody wins. This it, is it one have, of those things. It's not a zero-sum game, right? No, this is the the more... The more people that kind of come together and yeah. start doing the same thing, the stronger the whole entire initiative is going to be rather than keeping things so tight. Right. Yeah. I think that, that that's something we have. I don't remember seeing it past shows pre-pandemic. So it, I'm wondering it's if there's... basically not even in culture, period. No, it, it wasn't. So I think that's a new takeaway that's coming from this. And I kind of feel like a lot of it has to do with everybody. You know, everyone in this industry has been around in, in so many ways. People know people which sounds silly to say, but it's so true, right? That's why everybody, you see this happening, right? In every hallway at the show, people are just running into each other. Oh, I haven't seen you in two years. And I think that's just caused everybody to want to share. Yeah. I mean, what have you been up to? Exactly. Exactly. Being able to take those conversations into just not what the agenda was for a call. Yeah. You know, and right. just kind of speak right. freely and things that you're excited about or things that you've been learning about or what you've been Doing on the side, a lot yeah. of the stuff, we've had a lot of extra time to pick up new hobbies and new interests and a lot of that. Right. I don't know any retail person that really has a life outside of retail. <laughs> you know, what is it? Eat, sleep. Like we breathe retail, <laughs> drip the brand. Right. Breathe right. brand DNA. Right. So, I mean, and there's just so much that 
there's been so many books that have been written during the pandemic. Right. Right. There's been so many perspectives that have been shared yeah. and just kind of going down rabbit holes. So I'm super excited for the rest of the week on this. I think we'll probably have some good takeaway notes to kind of add on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to have to do a follow-up show on how the rest of Shop Talk went. Yeah. After this one. Because the big thing, are we coming back? Well, I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a show that I would not have normally have come to. Yeah. I wasn't planning at all. I bought a ticket on Thursday and flew out Saturday. <laughs> Very last minute. So many people that yeah. are going to yeah. be here. You couldn't pass it out. No, I'm like. You had to take the opportunity, right? All right, let's go check out this shop talk. Yeah. Well, it was my first one too, but I, I'm, so I wasn't sure what to expect, but it definitely, definitely is well worth the vibe. Yeah, they really brought the energy here, knowing that it was going to be every a lot of people's first time back out. Right, and And everybody wanted to be back, so. Yeah, there's some good entertainment. There's some good design. They put a lot of effort into keeping the energy real high, especially in such a big space. That's a good point. That's a good point. Although I think the one, if my one suggested tip for them, so any of the anybody listening from (laughs) the event goes, I'm sure they're all listening to every single word we're saying. But my big tip is. More meeting spaces for just impromptu, nice little seating areas, mm-hmm. you know, just for when you have those moments when you run into somebody in the hallway, you don't have to just stand around in the middle of the floor <laughs> chatting away, you know, have some place to sit somewhere. I mean, yeah, on. yeah, because it has. Okay, let's meet all the way on the other side. Yeah, yeah it takes 10 minutes to walk down it that takes hallway. Ten, we'll meet there in, in a half yeah, an hour because yeah. it is that I forgot, like I got here and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is like bigger than a New York Avenue. Yeah. Exactly. A Las Vegas yeah. block is bigger than a New York. Bigger Avenue. than anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is on your schedule for the rest of today? I got to ch- try to check out. To? Some, yeah, I got some sessions. I'm going to try to check out. I've got fun things going on. Doing some other interesting video recordings with some other other fellow friends that haven't seen in two years. So that'll be cool. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes. From that, I'm looking forward to sessions because there are a lot of different topics. Once we get past the uh, the metaverse plot that's going on now, there's some things on just on like data. There, there's interesting to see if there's a few sessions on future of work and how frontline worker conditions are, are, are changing. I think th- those would be interesting. And I think there's some really cool like, keynote ones left with some interesting brands. Yeah, I'm going to head over to cultivating customer relationships. I've got the chief data officer over at Poshmark and the information officer over at from Maui Gym and then yeah. experience design with Best Buy, which I just find completely foreign for cultivating customer relationships. So NEA is going to be there as an interviewer. So this is going to be, I find this really interesting because when you think of Poshmark, I don't think of customer service or relationship yeah. or like, yeah. I fall in love right. with my poshers. Right. That they gift wrap my my uh-huh. purchase. They send me these beautiful little handwritten notes. Yeah. I'm like, come yeah. on, like frankly, shopping on Poshmark is yeah. so much sweeter and kinder than ordering online. They yeah. put little confetti in my box. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> so I'm yep. really excited to kind of dig into that because I only look at it from, you know, such a tight perspective. So this for me is really about opening up my mind to kind of see what everybody else is doing since I have such tunnel vision in general. <laughs> it's called focus. We call that focus, Casey. Got it. That's right. Focus. <laughs> yeah. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the marketing speak up. I thought I was focused until I saw all of this and I'm like, wow, you guys are all yeah. over the place. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think there's a couple looking forward to on some interesting new innovative tech to do so and hope to get through those a lot with the checkout 
There's a lot of stuff happening with checkout. Yeah. You get to pick where how you want to check out five different ways. A lot of focus One, on five. that, yeah. It's kind of interesting. All, all, all about making it a, a frictionless experience. Yep. So let's get back out on the floor. All right. Then we'll wrap up here. And we're going to plan on circling back after the show at some point, see what the rest of the week plays out for us. Yeah, we'll have a full good recap of what you missed. Everything we liked, anything we didn't. We really need Google. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What to look up, who to talk to, all that good stuff. Yeah. All right, cool. So we will call this one a wrap. And we're back. That was the first part of our special Shop Talk recap episode, which we recorded live on the Colin app about halfway through the event. Hopefully you are ready to jump straight into the second half of the great retail reunion so we can give you the rest of the juicy story. Let's listen to part two of our Shop Talk 2022 recap, also recorded in the Colin app. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. We are back on Colin. How cool is that? I like it. All right. So when we were last on here, we did our live day one and a half, I think I called it, <laughs> session from Shop Talk where we talked about what we saw on the first day and on like the, what were we about halfway through the second day? Although the first day was only a half day, right? Unexpectedly, yeah. Unexpectedly, yeah. Unexpectedly, we, we both, did both note that it was unexpectedly a half day. So now we're back to do our whole recap summary of the entire event and kind of run through some the all the big themes that we saw there. I mean, there were quite a few, I think. I'm going to say like the, the biggest one that I, sort of surprised me, but may, maybe shouldn't have, is this whole idea that everybody, it seemed like every session couldn't stop talking about how stores are, quote, back. Otherwise, I like to say as if they ever really went away because they never really did go away. <laughs> but but everybody seemed to act like, oh, brick and mortar is coming back. Yeah. The stores weren't closed in a lot of locations for, for too long. So it is a little bit surprising to hear stores are back. Maybe there has been this, this huge focus for e-commerce. <laughs> yeah. And I guess maybe for Shop Talk, that's especially true, right? With a lot of digitally native vertical brands starting out online, a lot of founders always presenting at shop talk about the cool new new products they're bringing to market so, if, so i guess if i think about it in those terms yeah it might be a little strange to see people talking about stores coming back but there were more and more founders and dtcs getting up on stage talking about how you just can't grow past a certain point like i heard at least one mention how you know you, if you want to get past 100 million you got to start opening stores you just can't do it because the customer acquisition costs are too high yeah i've seen a lot of people putting plans open to open up stores, more pop-up shops. We did lose some stores, but I think, you know, we're still working on that right set of what's the right amount of stores and where should they be. Yeah, that's true. With a lot of underperforming locations in general. Yeah, yeah it is all about the location and getting the right spot. Yeah, got to know where that customer is. And I think we've seen it proven out time after time that any time one of these direct-to-consumer brands opens a store, their e-commerce sales actually go up in the surrounding zip codes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that online browsing, it drives that that in-store experience. I found more opportunity in looking online so that I can go into the store um, and see what inventory is there. But I do have to say it's been increasingly difficult because that's not, that's not an option that I personally even used to use. But now it seems to be that I need to check to see what's in the store because so much inventory is light. That's right. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, well, if I go there, are you going to have what I just saw online? 
So I think there's going to be a lot of tech going back into brick and mortar, new budgets. Let's hope that brick and mortar stores are back means that they also have budgets. <laughs> I, I, You know, if I judge from the general sense I got at the show, it's... 100% true. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you, and we talked about that right in our prediction show at the beginning of the year, that there was going to be more investment in stores, that stores were, were going to go strong, that there was, that investment level was going up, the IT spend was going up. I think, if anything, I come away from Shop Talk thinking that our prediction is going to hold true. I agree. I've never seen so many people happy and reinvigorated about their careers. And like we do have an opportunity in, in this, the best industry right now i feel there's going to be so much change so much excitement yeah. Yeah, and everybody's just really excited to talk with each other to collaborate and to learn yeah i mean when you had sessions like uh, the sam's club ceo kath mcclay when she talked about all the interesting convenience shopping features that they introduced over the last two years and the impact that had not just on their shopping experience but just what what business impact that had and how people started to spend more, how they serve customers, and, you know, things that everybody has talked about this for a while, right? Things like scan and go checkout. They had an interesting concept of scan and ship from the store for things when they're out of stock, you can just scan it and have it shipped to you on the spot. It really kind of reaffirmed that I heard this, not just in that session, but in other ones that if you're not embracing everyone's favorite word to hate in retail, and that's omni-channel, <laughs> if you're not a brand that's doing that, then you're completely missing out, right? You're not going to grow your relationship with those customers. And that's why so many of those digitally native brands kept getting on stage talking about how many stores they were going to open up. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting when you take the, the DNVB and the information they're looking at when they're opening up a store compared to a traditional retailer when they're looking at where, where is my customer who's going to engage in store versus an online. DNVBs have a very much broader detail on, on their customer base just because they've collected so much more of that direct-to-consumer data and had those relationships online. So it yeah, will absolutely. be interesting when some of these locations open up. It'll be interesting to see where everybody puts themselves and what communities, so what towns, because it's not going to necessarily be the largest. You're right. They are going to be super smart about where they put these just based on the data they've got about the, their existing customer base. And I think this this whole expansion of them into more into this omni-channel mode just kind of, for me, reaffirms that whether you love or hate the term, the idea around it, it really is just a synonym for how consumers want to shop, period, end of statement, right? It's just that everybody now realizes that there's almost wasn't a point thinking about individual sales channels because that's not how people shop people have completely adopted this mode of whether i'm in a digital channel or i'm in a store i'm blending them every single moment i'm shopping with a brand i'm blending all of these channels and that's how i expect to shop period yeah and that's what every brand has to accept and embrace now so ricardo are we saying that Omnichannel is coming back into conversation and, and we might just figure it out this year. Yeah, I think anybody who hasn't figured it out yet is definitely going to figure it out. Whether or not they want to call it Omnichannel, I think there's still plenty of people that hate calling it Omnichannel as a term. And I'll, I'll admit that I go back and forth on that one. I, I would almost prefer to just think of it as pure commerce, right? It's just, it's the normal mode of operation. It's not a special thing anymore. It's just the way we all shop. 
Yeah, no, I think that's great. IKEA also put a lot of new tech into their digitization strategy for stores with click and collect and doing that customer journey using a lot more technology tools inside of their locations. Let's expand a little on that because there were, as much as we just said, it's not about the channel, it's about the customer, but let's for a moment think about channels. There were a lot of interesting new channels being talked about at Shop Talk. One was a live streaming, which again was another one of our top 10 predictions. Favorite. Yep, that's right. I saw a cool demonstration one session on startup giving you a way to integrate live streaming in all of your other channels. So for example, whether it's your mobile app or your website, and so you have some live streams going. When someone gets to a product page on a product that's tied to a live stream, you can insert the live stream right then and there, right? So you don't have to add an extra step for the consumer to pop into that live stream and see what's going on. Uh, so I thought that was an, an interesting approach. Now, uh, there was a lot of talk that live streaming is huge in China and throughout Asia. Yeah. The big question is, is it going to work the same in Western countries? I, I'm, I'm thinking that it's, it's not. No. I'm not going to say that it isn't going to work. I absolutely think it will, but I think it's going to be different. It's going to have to be different. Yeah, because because people shop differently. People look at this technology differently in Western countries in that, in that sense. And it's not that one is better or more right or more wrong. It's just it's just different and everybody has to adapt to it. The one thing I heard that I was most excited for live streaming, I think you and I talked about this in our predictions episode, was the idea of using your store associates to run your live streams. Uh, yeah. And I think you and I have talked about that with, with our friend, Ron. And I actually heard that mentioned on stage about how there is an expectation that maybe that's going to be the way it goes, uh, which for me is a little different than what we see happening in Asia. I like this term that uh, we've talked about before, sort of the, the engineered influencer when a retail brand creates their own influencer by using their store associates for that. Yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of that. I also do, though see the value in having the studios. I see a lot more studios popping up. I see more people, more brands creating a dedicated space for live streaming and setting up that area specifically for live streaming and getting that personality that is kind of like the face of the brand that they're pulling in for those. I do think it's a different talent than being a salesperson on the floor, but I like the direction either way. Yeah, and, I, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see a mix of the two, right? Where, where, yeah. Depending on the, maybe the size of the retailer, whether you build out these studios or whether you do something else more smaller scale. But, but, but I think we're going to see both of those happening from large and small retailers. Agree. And just kind of taking control on, on bringing that to their own website rather than relying on the TikTok or the Instagram Live or even some of these Amazon Lives, right? There's a lot of third parties where they've, already built quite an audience. But most of the tech that I saw was about bringing that live stream conversation and event onto the brand's website and owning that engagement yeah. on the site where they can convert. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's big. That's big. I mean, still not, not saying that they're going to stop using the other channels, but I just saw a lot of an emphasis of bringing these e-commerce stores to life. Yeah, I, I agree. And on that note, one of my other favorite topics that kept coming up were retail media networks. At a lot of shop talk sessions, especially any session that had one of the local delivery guys, whether it was the Uber CEO or Instacart CEO or somebody from DoorDash, I mean, they were all talking about converting their delivery service into more of a marketplace where um, you know some of them even admitted, right, that the delivery part of the business is probably no better than a break-even business, but where they're really going to get their revenue in the future is from advertising. 
because like any other marketplace, you've got to sell advertising on it to the brands to get customers to notice. Uh, so again, another one of our predictions from the beginning of the year, right? This was another popular one. Obviously, you know, Amazon's killing it. Walmart and Target aren't doing too bad on that. Kroger is crushing it with their media network. Everybody wants to get in on this. I, I, I don't know. What do, what, do you, what do you think on that one, Casey? Well, it's not a space where, you know, you're printing cash, you're burning it. And so these last mile yeah. and these delivery services, like they have been wonderful over the last two years. It's it's exposed customer bases that have never even thought that they would ever order their groceries online or have something delivered. Those services are getting pushed back because it just hasn't been as profitable. It's not a big money maker, but they got the customers and they got, right. they built their brands. They've made it onto the front of an of hundreds of thousands of consumers' phones. Their app is now on the front because we have relied on it for the last couple of years. And so they're gonna, they're finding new ways to be able to monetize and move with those customers and hopefully something that just makes them a little bit more profit because some of the, a lot of these services are pushing back in, in certain areas. Yeah, totally true. So that one to me is an interesting one. I'm looking forward to watching how that one, how that develops uh, across the board with the media networks and with all these delivery guys. We're already starting to see some shakeout of that, which again, another topic we had in our top 10, right, was that there was going to be some consolidation or, or some sort of shakeout mm -hmm. in that space. And we see that happening. Forgive me, I don't, re I don't recall, but some of these multi-brand retailers are launching retail media networks. Yeah. And focusing on media, which... Mm -hmm. I found very interesting yeah. that rather than being that distribution point and that stock point for the customers to be able to come in and shop across multiple brands in our traditional retail model, they've launched their own retail media network and charging brands right. yeah. for the content. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what some of these DMVB brands that have come up, right, who are used to spending all of their marketing and customer acquisition on, on like Facebook and Instagram, places like that. And now suddenly, if they start going into wholesale agreements with other retailers who have their own marketplace, guess what? They're going to be buying advertising space from the retailers. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting one to see what that does to their uh, to their cost model. I 100% agree. Okay, so Is it gonna we work? have to talk about the metaverse because it kind of felt like on the second day, it's like every other session at Shop Talk was about metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> and and I and it's it's funny to me because there are at least I can think of at least one, but there were a, a bunch of our friendly retail expert friends who were kind of getting tired of hearing so much about the metaverse that they felt like you know metaverse doesn't seem to exist outside of retail conferences. Oh. <laughs> You got that too? I, yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I know. But, something but, about the metaverse and like, if yeah. I hear that word one more time where I'm not, he's like, I'm going to be done with the word by the time I leave. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, just rolling of eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could really see who yeah. was kind of rolling their eyes. And then at the same time, whose eyes wanted to pop out because they were so excited. Yeah. It's like you had two extremes at the show. You had everybody who could not wait to jump up on stage and show off what they want to do in the metaverse. And then you had the other half of the people rolling their eyes saying, oh, no, not another metaverse session. Come like on. It's business. not real. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, I'm like, it's like, well, we know who's on Twitter, don't we? Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. And, and, I, and my, my, one of my Twitter. favorite one of my favorite comments on that is uh, and I can't remember now who said it first, but it said a bunch of times, is, you know, for as much as people are getting up on stage talking about how stores are back, 
if they weren't talking about how stores are back, they were talking about the metaverse. And it's like, we've got these two extremes. Either everybody's going back to stores or everybody's going to jump into the metaverse and do their shopping there. Yeah. It just, I think at the end of the day, people want to be together again. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But I, I'm still going to say that if you're a brand, that's not a reason to stop doing whatever your experiment you're doing on the metaverse, that this is still the year where you should be trying things out, testing the water, see what your customers are, are going to accept, what they like, what they don't like, and just figure out what, what you might do in the future. This isn't the year where you're going to make a lot of top line revenue out of the metaverse and whatever presence you have. It's the year where you're just going to experiment and try things and see what, you, what you're going to invest in later. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we haven't had something this fun and creative to talk about for, I mean, probably most of the history. I mean, since we had e-commerce, the metaverse brings a new, a new life and a new energy to the space in general. So it has to be exciting to talk about. We have traditionally, it's been very much supply chain. Supply chain is not the sexiest industry and conversation. There's not a lot of creativity. <laughs> yeah. um, there's definitely no fluorescent green or neon lights when we're dealing with right. supply That's chain. True. We've yeah. got a lot of yeah. barcodes. So I think it's going to be really interesting how this kind of merges into these conversations, into these budgets. To be a fly on the wall in 2022 at a brand, I I'm slightly missing that opportunity to be able to hear these conversations as they happen. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, one of the interesting supply chain conversations I heard a lot of, which I was pleased to see, is this uh, sort of acceptance that you can't look at your supply chain as a cost center anymore, but it's really more of a, of a differentiated asset for your business, just given all of the challenges that are still out there in, in the supply chain around the world that we haven't solved all those problems in the last couple of years, there's still mm -hmm. issues there. And, and that to me kind of led to some more discussions around just profitability in general, right? We, we used to go to these shows and, and just listen to uh, speaker after speaker talk about this new disruptive thing they were doing and all these VC money that was pouring in to help prop everybody up and fund them to try to get growth really fast. But nobody ever worried about profitability. And now it seems like maybe it's because there, people are starting to worry about inflation and some of these other supply chain issues. But now there's a little bit more of a thought as to, well, when are these things going to turn profitable? Yeah. I mean, just for the presence of venture capitalists at Shop Talk, it was big. And, and so really seeing how they've made a lot of investments in direct to consumer. So I find it very intriguing of their attendance and then also getting so much on supply chain and physical stores, because traditionally that's just not really been where their money's been spent. But I think that they everybody kind of realizes that that's where that's where the budgets are going to go. That's where the investment's going to go. And that's what's going to set apart winners from losers over the next few years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess it, it you almost kind of have to say after after watching all the VCs that were there, but it, it turns out that uh, shockingly, the, these VCs actually want to make a return on their money. <laughs> they don't just want to give it to everybody. I think there's been some hard lessons in the space. And then also with the pandemic, yeah. digital has definitely risen, but it's about next steps. Right, right. What it, or are those next steps? Yeah. Yeah. It, it can't just be more of the same. Sam's Club. Right, exactly. Or, no, yeah. You know, opening up more stores. That's right. That's right.
and getting that growth. Yeah. And then another topic that kind of related to that, that I started hearing more about that, I think it's sort of taken a back seat the last couple of years, and that was sustainability. You know, consumers still care about sustainability. I've seen some numbers lately. One study said 84% of consumers still say that sustainability is important to them when they're making a purchase decision. I saw another report that 60% of consumers are, are willing to change their shopping behavior if they believe that change will reduce environmental impact. And this one kind of surprised me. That same study that I saw had a number of like 66, 67%. People say they were willing to pay more for a brand that demonstrates real sustainable practices. And that's the the big fact right there at conferences pre-pandemic people were talking about sustainability you, I mean, you couldn't find brand or retail that was going to say oh no i'm not worried about that everybody was worried about it. everybody said they were doing something but at the end of the day how many were really doing something tangible yeah i mean there's there's a lot more going into packaging the marketing content is much more focused in that area it, it's really going to come down to like proof in the pudding you know right. in the coming year of how much you've actually executed against but i find it very interesting as the economy shifts sustainability conversations go up and down we tried to do this in 2007 with organic lines more sustainability we tried to do it and the economy went down and the sustainability companies and the organic apparel companies close their doors. So I hope that this time it's it's here to stay. And I think it's here to stay. Consumers are, are ready for it and they're willing to change their behavior to take hold of it. We've also had a lot of negative press over the last two years about the impact of our industry, because I do have to say like, the fashion industry is is part of the problem. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So that probably could have gotten even more attention at Shop Talk. I, I think I heard more hallway discussion around that maybe than than actual speaking sessions, but it did come up. The last thing I guess worth mentioning, you just touched on it, the economy, that we've had these essentially for a lot of retailers, two booming years of sales and revenue and profitability. So the, the retailers that went into the pandemic with the right technology investments and the right operational structures they want, right? They came out as winners. Everybody else, maybe not so much. And they hopefully learned some lessons over the last couple of years on where they need to improve and what they need to do. But so now that leaves for me two big questions, which I sort of heard rumblings about at, at the show. One being, how do you comp against those last two years if you were one of those spectacular retailers? Can you still eke out another year of spectacular growth or do you expect it to level off? And if you were not one of those winners, do you recover now? What are you going to do? How are you catching up to the winners and recover from that? And in both of those cases, is the economy and is inflation going to be something that challenges you? You've got some other unknown factors with consumer spending around people wanting to buy less stuff now because we can all go out again. So people want more experiences, travel's probably going to come back more. People are going back to restaurants and it's all the same pile of money at the end of the day, so to speak. So what if, if consumers over the last two years shifted their spend to stuff and now it goes back to services and experiences, then well, if you're one of those brands selling stuff, you might not sell as much. Yeah, that's going to be... It's, it's going to be really interesting on consumer behavior coming out of the pandemic. I mean, I myself have made some dramatic differences in my shopping behavior and even how I want to spend my money. And I'm not a typical consumer. We know too much, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. We're, we're, we're dangerous that way as consumers, but you know. So I think it's going to be interesting because what are you comping? Because so much happened during the pandemic with consumer behavior and some of it was forced 
Some of it was uh, a natural progression. Some of it was introspect. So when it comes down to comping, we're looking at 2019, we're looking at 2021, but we're really going to be building these projections kind of fresh. And there's going to be a little bit of instability on meeting those goals because we're going to be learning. They're going to be learning so much every quarter this year of what's real and what's stuck and what does the future look like. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So that's going to be uh, really interesting to see when all of these brands and, and retailers start doing their quarterly reports, what their forward-looking statements are going to be. I think that's going to be the most the most telling thing of, of uh, what we learn from them. So any last thoughts that stood out to you, Casey, before we close this out? Well, you know, I, I've some last thoughts. I found that the convention hall was buzzing, which I find rare at trade shows. It's not used. The energy isn't typically convention hall, but I found it to be very different. It's my first experience at Shop Talk. I had a great one and everybody had, I mean, everything was buzzing. Everybody wanted to talk and learn. And I heard some great questions and people just really digging in and open to the idea of selecting new vendors. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you're right. The excitement level was high and everybody came away from the show feeling just as excited about their retail and retail tech future. I mean, how lucky are we? Yeah. If anything, Shop Talk convinced anybody that went, this is a great industry to be in. And uh, for most people, it reaffirmed that not only is it a great industry to be in, but that you're probably really happy to be in it. Yep. And that, that's I, a good I, thing. I agree. All right. Well, with that, I think we are going to wrap up our great retail reunion Shop Talk recap on Kaufman. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed our fun recap of retail's big reunion. Well, I know I did. I hope we captured the energy from the show last week, Casey. I know it's been, what, like two years since most people in retail had been to a major conference, but it really did feel like a reunion. New friends, old. Shop Talk was the place to be and the hottest industry for doers. Retail's driving change with even the most unsuspected players. Yeah, you are absolutely right about that. I think that will pretty much close us out for a special episode of the show. And we hope to see all of our listeners again next time. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a minute. Want to know more about what we talked about? Take a look at our show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Twitter at KCC Golden and Ricardo underscore Belmar, or find us on LinkedIn. Be sure and follow the show on Twitter at Retail Razor, on LinkedIn, and on our YouTube channel for video versions of each episode and bonus content. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is the Retail Razor Show. 